Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated, and our goal is to help make real life simple. And today, we are going to help try to make uh, smartphones simple. Uh, Our smartphones, which are designed to make our lives less complicated, making them more complicated. And as leaders of churches and leaders in the church, sometimes we rely on our smartphones a lot. So, are they helping us or are they hurting us? I'm joined here with Brad Williams to discuss this. Brad is a friend, a serial entrepreneur, a business leader, and all-around good guy, and Laker fan. We're coming off the yeah. All-Star break. Yeah, Laker. And my friend, we look Ooh. good. Oh, yeah. We're looking hot. Uh, the only thing that scares me is our bench, and the Clippers keep adding to their bench. I didn't know you could have 30 people on the roster. Yeah, but me the neither. the Clippers seem to have that. A- anybody the Lakers dream of, they seem to. Yeah, they've, they've got a mole yeah. over there. All right, so Brad, let's talk about smartphones. What are you finding out about those? Um, well, there's a lot of cool stats about smartphones. Uh, one is, did you know smartphone usage uh, stats suggest that an average person spends two hours and 51 minutes, almost three hours per day on their mobile device? I would believe that, and here's why. Because when I look at my screen and it tells me the average amount of time I've been on, Mm -hmm. it's usually over two hours. Really? And I don't know what I'm doing on it. Hmm. (laughs) I I mean, I'm not on social media a lot. Maybe maybe it caught me at a time when I was answering email or something like that. Do you use your phone that much? Uh, Too much. Way too much. Because, you know, I'm in marketing and... Oh, sure. Blame it on your job. Well, partly. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, I do TikTok. I'm not proud of it. Are you serious? I'm a TikToker. You're a 50-year-old man. I am. Boomer. That's what they call us. <laughs> okay, there's Boomer. A, there's a name for us. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're still an exer, though. Yeah, I saw, matter of fact, I saw a video of a dentist. He had three patients in line waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Well, not in line, but they were waiting for him, and he was recording a TikTok. <laughs> That's what the TikTok was about. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. It, it's, That's it's rad. Real. That's Probably my dentist. All right. <laughs> what else you got? Um, also, another cool stat. It says, uh, latest research reveals that 56% of children aged between 8 and 12 have a cell phone. Okay. So in my house, you couldn't get a cell phone until you were 13. And you couldn't get on social media, I think, until you were 15. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, boy... I, that seems young to me, but I mean, I know it's a digital age, and they're they're kind of. When you say in your house, do you mean for your children? For my children, because we're around the same age. Well, I was going to say in my house growing up, we didn't have a cell phone. We had one phone on the wall. But, yeah, right. Uh, no, in my house with my kids, mm-hmm. uh, that was our rule. Um, now I get that kids are growing up with it, and they learn more that way. And some of them are using it in school. Um, I get that, but. There's stuff going on with their brains they're not able to handle, mm. specifically social media. Um, it creates dopamine in the brain, and a lot of their brains aren't, aren't quite ready for that. No, and you can tell. Right. Yeah, because of the obsession. And we talked about that this weekend at church, the, um, the prefrontal cortex, which is the logic portion of your brain, which allows you to reason whether or not not getting in that like is devastating or whether or not that boy ghosting you is the end of your world. You don't have that until you're 25. It's not fully formed. Right. So for our kids to be on their phones. Now I get they might be playing games. I get you might have them in, you know, daycare, childcare and you need to be able to communicate with them, but it's the social media that may be a problem. 
Well, yeah, and on, I mean, on a very serious note, like because they're the kids can't think logically yet, they mm-hmm. take in information at a different level. Things that are not that big of a deal to us, right? Um, they're they're huge to them, right? You know, like they had that that. Um, Horrible situation where they had that, you know, the Slender Man, I think it was, and characters like that. And children, young people actually think that this could actually happen. Right. You know, and it's really, it is serious. We have to monitor what our kids are watching, listening to, and keep talking to them so we can help them think through these things. Yeah, the other thing about, and this is not just for kids, it's for all of us. It's the light that comes out of the phone, the blue light, Mm -hmm. which kind of keeps our minds stimulated, which makes it really hard to go to sleep. So I know Apple's tried to mitigate that with the night mode, but you're still getting some of that. I guess you can wear those orange glasses, and I have some of those. I look like a fool around the house. You You have them? I do. Okay. I'm not judging. But I wear them in public. (laughs) I have a hard time falling asleep because of the phone, too, that light. Yeah. Yeah. But that's real. All right. So. Also, here's something else that I found out. Um, A $3 million study by the National Institute of Health now provides evidence that a child's brain may indeed develop differently with heavy usage of digital devices. A child's brain. So you're talking about um, that logic, what's it called, frontal lobe? Yeah, prefrontal cortex. Prefrontal cortex. And this um, data is suggesting that it's going to hurt the development of that? Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I, frightening. What they're learning is that the, the amygdala, which is the part of your brain that's the fight or flight, mm-hmm. when you don't exercise it properly and you don't have a prefrontal cortex fully developed, which is the logic portion, you develop the wrong neural pathways uh, based upon the intake in your brain and what you obsess over. Um, and that's why the idea of meditation uh, where you quiet yourself and mm-hmm. you focus on things that are good and pure and right, they retrain and they actually rewire your brain to be able to get back over to the prefrontal cortex. And as kids, they don't have that, so it makes it really, really difficult. So, all right, l- l- let me ask you this. We've talked about all the doom and gloom. Um, you know, if Jesus were here on earth today, how would he behave with a smartphone? What do you think, Brad? Oh, that's a great question. Um well, one, he wouldn't need one. <laughs> <laughs> His he, contact list would be pretty extensive. He's got an app for all that. He does. Yeah, he does. But, but he, he, because he was so engaged with people and because a lot of what he did was about observing people and behaviors, uh, that's one thing the phone takes away from you. Mm. It takes away the ability to observe and be present. And he, um, yeah, so I don't think he would use it a lot. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, I think there's some things that make our life easier. A grocery list, uh, listening to an audible book, you know, when you're standing in line or you're in the car. Um, Obviously, online banking, Starbucks app, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I do believe Jesus would have a Starbucks app. Oh, well, yeah. Um, Yeah. And maybe just turn water into coffee. He could, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to show off. That's true. That's true. Um, and we do know he would have an iPhone, not an Android. It would definitely be an iPhone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I do think that there, there is something about our phone which is, is short-circuiting our relationships. You ever sit at dinner with your wife with the phone? Yeah, yeah. And I feel horrible when I get called out on it. But, yeah, <laughs> I do. And we'll do it with the kids, too. And we'll tell the kids, hey, put your phones away, and then we'll be the ones yeah. on our phone. And so, yeah. What is it that drives you to the phone? 
Oh, I, it is like you talked about the dopamine. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing how people responded to something you posted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, you know, like right now, I'm, I'm consuming news and sports. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go on Twitter just to find out what the latest news is. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'll, I'll go on, um, you know, Lakers app or ESPN, check out sports, looking for yeah. highlights, go on YouTube. So, yeah. yeah, it's just that need to constantly be entertained or to feel some kind of way. Yeah, it is funny. I end up watching stuff on there I would normally never take a look at. I'd yeah. never watch, never spend time on, which takes me away from time with the people in my house. Right. Um, I don't know if your kids are obsessed with this. My kids are obsessed with memes. Mm-hmm. And sending them to all of us, which creates laughter and conversation. Yeah, but it is funny when I look around and all four of us are sitting in the same room on our phones, sending each other things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like instead of having a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. I don't even know if we know what a conversation is. <laughs> okay, so this is interesting. Um, smartphones keep us always on, thus never truly resting. And many of us are in a constant state of anxiety and stress because of our iPhone addiction. A guy by the name of Tony Reich said this, the more addicted you become to your phone, the more prone you are to depression and anxiety, the less you're able to concentrate at work and sleep at night. Hmm. All right, so there's been so much study done about the ability to concentrate and how you get better work done if you have no other things going on, but it's, your mind's focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. What is this doing to the quality of our work, the quality of our relationships, the quality of sleep when we're constantly looking at our phones? Uh, well, they've actually done studies on this. I was reading how um, from a um, comprehensive um, aspect, they, they took a cell phone, they put a cell phone, um, they had some kind of equation where you had to comprehend a few different things to find a solution and they had one cell phone, uh, one group of kids with a cell phone in their pocket, one with a cell phone on the desk, and another group with no cell phones at all. And the group that did the best was a group with no cell phones at all. Right. The group that did the worst was the group with the cell phone on the desk. Right. So it, it does, it, it takes away your attention. It takes you, it removes you from reality a little bit. Yeah. Whatever that task at hand is, I think it takes you away from that. Yeah. I find it exhausting. When I've been on my phone a lot, or I keep having to look at it and check it and check it and check it. Obviously, you, you get that, you know, a little bit of um, carpal tunnel syndrome a little bit with your thumbs. Right, <laughs> your hands. Yeah, your hands are tired, uh-huh. but the mental exhaustion of it as well. I heard recently that there's a couple of colleges that are out there that are tech-free. Really? They do not allow any technology on campus from, like, phones, um, iPads, computers, all that kind of stuff in the classroom um, they went full focus from their students. Now, that, huh. that's interesting because we're doing so much to get iPads into the school system right. so that people can use the best of technology. Some of these colleges are finding students want to go to a place where it's not even possible. Huh. That is extremely interesting. Yeah, and I think we might actually see a swing in the pendulum of people that decide, you know what, I'm sick of this and I'm going to go the other direction. Kind of like people that decide to go vegan. Yeah, yeah, you're saying that because I was vegan for two years. Yeah, for how long were you vegan? Two years. Was it two years or yeah. was it two months? Two years. Okay. I'm All proud right. of it. Okay, well, yeah. good for you. I'd, I'd go back if I didn't carb load so much. <laughs> yeah, the very, carbs will kill you. I was an obese vegan. Def- 
Um, I don't think this is going to surprise you, but smartphones um, create an epidemic of loneliness uh, oh. because we're always assuming we're with people, but we're not. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. No, I, that does not surprise me at all. Um, one thing that you were talking about in regards to this, this, these phones, it, it takes you from focusing on your actual reality mm-hmm. to focusing now on your perceived reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it just dismisses you from the world, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, you get caught up in this whole other place. Do you, so for you, like, do you tend to kind of get lost in your phone as a source of, I don't know, like people use it for peace, I think, like mm-hmm. to find some kind of outlet. Do you, mm-hmm. do you tend to get lost in the phone like that? I'll tell you what I do is if I feel lonely, if I feel sad, like if I'm stuck in the office and I'm working on a message or I'm working on emails or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I'm alone and I may be a little bit depressed or down, I just start texting random people. Because when they text me back, I get that spike of dopamine. Got you. And it's this pseudo living in community, even though I'm just I'm just using that, you know? Yeah. And then once I'm done or somebody else walks in or I get going again on writing, uh, I don't need that person anymore. It creates these throwaway relationships. Yeah. You don't respond to my text very quickly. Well, I, you know, I'm done with you. Quickly. Yeah. yeah but you send some good ones. I never <laughs> yeah. hear back. Thank you. Yeah. But no, that that that's a good point. That sense of community, like pseudo community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um and the phone allows us to do that and then run back away. Like you think introverts I'd be kind of curious to see how introverts obsess on the phone versus ex- extroverts. Boy, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if extroverts just start calling people. Yeah. Have you ever had that experience? Boy, there's nothing more frustrating for an for an introvert. You text somebody, then they call <laughs> oh, you back. I, I'm I'm an extrovert. I hate that. <laughs> I, I don't. I do not like that at all. I'm like I, the whole purpose of texting you is now ruined. That's right. By don't call, call me, and you're kind of stuck because they know you're on your phone. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> what they call ghost. You can't ghost yeah. them. That's the beauty of living in California. You can always blame it on. Ah, I went through a canyon. Oh, that's true. Lost the signal. That's true. You ever do like to have crumple the paper up like you're static? I, oh, I haven't done that one, but that's that's good to know. Um, okay, just a couple of closing thoughts I'll share as a way to uh, maybe tie a knot on this and make things a little bit less complicated. We know the dangers of it, mm-hmm. but it's like everything. It can be used for good or for bad. These things can help us. They can hurt us. It's all about moderation. So here's a few questions from this individual I quoted before named Tony Reich. He says, before you post anything, ask yourself, will this ultimately glorify me or God? Mm-hmm. Will this stir or muffle healthy affections for Christ? Will this merely document that I know something that others don't? (laughs) Will this misrepresent me, or is it authentic? Was this potentially, or will this potentially breed jealousy in others? Boy, that's a good one right there. Will this fortify unity or stir up unnecessary division? Will this build up or tear down? Will this heap guilt or relive it? Let me, let me say that again so I can say it right. Will this heap guilt or relieve it? Oh, relieve it. Yeah. Will this fuel lust for sin or warn against it? And will this overpromise and install false hope in others? I think, uh, especially with the elections coming up, we all have opinions. <clears throat> the question is, 
are our opinions uh, really gonna gonna help anybody? And we run the danger of just lighting fires everywhere, or running into confirmation bias and that kind of stuff. So be kind with your smartphones to other people and be kind to yourself. Yeah. Have breaks, have screen time, limit stuff, have no phone zones, get it away from the table, shut it off at eight o'clock at night, uh, go back to a landline and tell people that are closest to you, here's your number or here's my number if you really need to get a hold of me. Otherwise, I'm turning my phone off and reconnect with the people in your life. Everybody will be better off. So, Brad, next week, we're going to talk about vulnerability. All right. When does it cross the line? Mm. As a leader, you need to share some to be real, but when does it TMI? So thank you guys for listening. And as always, make sure that you share this with a friend. If you found something helpful, write us a review. That'd be wonderful. And we'll see you next week.